You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. My name is Trent Fleskins, your host as always. And this week, we are heading straight down to the southeast of Perth's metro area. We've never gone here before in 140-something episodes. This is the first time we've headed into the city of Armadale. There's only one guy that I wanted to speak about this city with. It's Mark Grogan from O'Neill Real Estate. Mark, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for having me and welcome to the Southeast, Trent. I'm so <laughs> glad to have you down here. Thank you very much. Hey, uh, one thing that people will notice very quickly is that you have probably the best voice for radio we've ever had on the, on the podcast. So oh, I'm sure you've heard that before. Thank you for the compliment. We only have AM radio down where we are. <laughs> uh, so no, thank you very much, mate. Appreciate it. We're specifically talking about Kelmscott today, but I also wanted to spend this time with you on a more of a lengthy episode talking about the whole area as well because you don't just sell in Kelmscott and uh, I think that we can really get an understanding of the area given we haven't spent a lot of time in it. So we'll get you to do that. But firstly, thought we'd start as always with a bit of history of the Kelmscott Armadale area if you can provide it. You're about my age, so I know you weren't alive back in the uh, pioneer days. But (laughs) look, there is a pioneer village for a reason. What was going on back in the late 1800s? As I understand it, it was the second town that was gazetted. So it was 1830 that it was originally founded. It was established in 1830 and it was very rapid growth from that period. We have obviously in true Perth fashion, bowled down most of the evidence of that. But it was 1830 that it all started out. It's right along the banks of the Canning River. Obviously back in those days, prior to dams and climate changes and all of those sorts of things. There was irrigation. Of, yeah, yeah, irrigation. There was an awful lot of water in that river. So there's a lot of orchards and farms that were established along that. So very much an agricultural area. If you think back nearly 200 years ago, it's a long way from the Swan River Connell mm. Colony when you think about it on the horse and cart. Yeah, it is a long way out. They could have um, stopped in Cannington, right? They could have. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't. There would have been, I'm sure, some uh, some pretty sensible decisions made around that at the time. Um, obviously, Albany had been founded at that stage. Maybe it was sort of that on the way yeah on the way I I have no idea why but it's good soil out there even to this day there's orchards that are uh, operating and operating very well out there well that's probably what it was Mm, it was it was more than likely soil conditions that would have uh, that would have led people to be out there and how has it progressed through the last 180 years what are the sort of stages that's come along to where it is today it was very much in the uh, 60s and 70s that it took off to become the suburb that it is today really there was a you know there were acreage uh, properties around through Kelmscott still it, it was the the one acre and two acre properties etc that you'd see around on the flats five acre properties around on the flats what you as still well see at the back of Maddington and Gosnell correct. today yeah and there's still a few of them around there as well to this day although there's virtually no evidence of any kind of agricultural on uh, agriculture on them but they are most likely properties like that right up until the 60s and 70s when they started developing a lot more housing through there which is a lot of the stock that we see through there today well it's very much a residential suburb Kelmscott now and the surrounds of Armadale, Camillo, Seville Grove, Champion Lakes, yep. Rolly Stone's up in the hills. Rolly Stone, yeah, and and obviously Champion Lakes as a suburb has been really only in the last 15 years that we've seen that. Well, it's a man-made rowing facility, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah, and it's a pretty impressive one too. There was a lot of talk about what was going to happen around that area back when it first happened, and there was a lot of excitement. There were a lot of people who purchased acreage out there thinking, oh, look what's on its way, hotels, restaurants, bars, it's going to be a new centre. Yeah. didn't happen. We've got a great rowing facility, and we've got... You know, a lot of cows looking at it because there's still agricultural properties like right on the edge of that, the development. 
development demand just wasn't there because for whatever reason approvals didn't happen and uh, and well i think the socioeconomics plays a big part of that it costs a lot of money to build a lot of these things and if you can't reach the price points as a developer because the area's median prices just don't reach that well then it's hard to support that it is. i think that's a theme we'll talk about today in a lot of our conversation i mentioned a lot of those suburbs we're obviously focusing on kelmscott where does kelmscott sit on socio-demographic, socio-economic rankings. Can you rank them for us if possible? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. It's an opinion, but... It's a qualified one, that's for sure. Yeah, look, Kelmscott is probably... It's one of the weirdest suburbs in a sense that it's divided by the railway and the highway. So Albany Highway runs through the guts of it and the railway runs you know, pretty much alongside that. So on one side of the railway, you've got very much suburban housing built in the 70s. A lot of it's quite run down. Quite a lot of investment that has happened there where people have purchased a property and held onto it for years and years, never really done anything with it. It's just got older. You go onto the other side of the highway and- uh, This is the hillside? On the hillside. And there's some absolutely stunning property right on the banks of the river, couple of acres, beautiful soil conditions, everything's growing. It's remarkable that it's within five minutes of the of the other properties that are very much that suburban picture, but it's all within the same suburb. So we see a real diversity there. Uh, you go h- further up into the hills and there's some stunning views, magnificent homes that have been built up there. Right and up near Rollystone? Yeah, like? sort of on between the back of Mount Azura and Rollystone. There's some marvellous properties up there and they're all within the same suburb. So you tell somebody, oh, I've got a property in Kelmscott, it could mean anything. And so there was a lot of development happened on the flat side. So on the, the side between, say, the railway and Armadale Road, Lake Road, those kinds of areas. And the development that happened over there was pretty high density and pretty low quality. Over on the other side, on the hillside, not a lot of development happened. And this was really most of the changes happened from about 2003, 2004 through to about 2011, 2012. There was a lot of building happening over there. And then it's really stagnated to a large degree since then. And that was near the shopping center, right? Some of it was near the shopping center. And the biggest issue with Kelmscott has always been on that side of the railway. And thankfully, it's changing now. But it's always been that it's been somewhat cut off from the Kelmscott town center because the shopping centers were on the other side of the railway. There was no way across except from the awful Denny Avenue intersection and so it was a cut off kind of an area and so the suburb was uh, somewhat isolating itself from the you know fairly well developed and and well serviced town centre. Within the city of Armidale uh, you have Armidale and Brookdale as probably the entry level to the suburb. Uh, Armidale has had a lot of development that has happened but weirdly when they started to develop it Uh, under the um, current town planning scheme, which has obviously had several amendments. The shopping centre was always a dog's breakfast. Yeah, a bit of an eyesore. Yeah, it, it always old. was. Yeah, yep. it was It was you know built in the mid-80s originally, but it was very disconnected. And Armadale as a town centre has always been a little bit disconnected. And a lot of the development that happened happened quite a long way from that town centre. Around the town centre, as you drive into the Armadale shopping centre, which is actually not even on the main road. So you kind of have this isolated shopping centre. You look at every other area and it's all around main roads, like Albany Highway, Carousel. Yep. Uh, Karen up. up. Yeah, it's all along main roads whereas in Armadale you come in through the main road Albany Highway you can't see the shopping centre you don't even know that it's there so yep. visitors to the town wouldn't find the town centre they just kind of bypass it as you said it's very disconnected town centre there aren't mm. really any high walk score properties around there because it's, it is such a large area wedge between Southwest Highway and the railway. Yeah, look, it's, right it's, now... It's they're, hard they're, to be, you know, walking to the shops. It is. There's half-acre properties within a, a, a one-minute walk of the shopping centre still undeveloped. Off Church Ave. Yeah, that's right. 
yeah, it's it's very strange. But I guess that's also somewhat related to the fact that this this suburb was developed in the 1800s, mm. where the shopping centre is now was originally the first primary school, which was built in 1899. So they found this site, and that's where they put the shopping centre, and it's all sort of been added and chopped and changed from there a little bit. So yep. it's it's always had that little bit of a disconnected feel. Armadale at the bottom, and then we get to... Uh, look, probably Brookdale is a little bit below Armadale, mainly because the types of homes that were built there, that was developed pretty heavily in the late 80s, early 90s, and the build quality of those homes in some cases was pretty poor. So the values through there have always really struggled. And that's at the back of Armadale. It is, yeah. right at the back you of Armadale. You probably wouldn't notice you're in Brookdale. You wouldn't know. Yep. You wouldn't know it's there. Again, it's it's not part of any main <laughs> main drag. It's sort of behind an industrial area. Yep. That's probably the, the area where the prices are certainly the most affordable. Armadale goes from there and there's a range of homes through there. There's some really great character stuff that was built in the early 1900s. And then you'll find stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of stuff built in the 70s and 80s. Yep. And a few stuff. All that sort of coffee-coloured brick. That's right. Exactly right. Absolutely. Then you go uh, from there, you probably, your next suburb would be Camillo. Camillo originally was Westfield. They changed it to Camillo when they did the Champion Lakes development. And that did improve the name of it. It didn't have a, a great reputation for a long time there. And again, heavily developed in the 70s and into the early 80s. That area has always, again, struggled on price. Mainly... Normal, you see it always. Camillo is mm. always in the bottom 10 suburbs in the metro area for price. It is. As a suburb, there's some really nice pockets within it, but I think it's also because people don't even know it exists. Yeah, it's a, so if it's it was a first-home buyer yeah. looking and they didn't have a particular need to live in a particular area, they don't even necessarily... They don't search Camillo because they, they've never heard of it. I would have thought that 9 out of 10 people, if you asked them on the street and that you said, look, one, is Camillo a suburb in Perth? They'd say, well, I'm not sure. And two, if you ask them, where is it? If it is, they wouldn't have a clue where to point. Correct. Yep. Um, and I get that with some of the new suburbs that are popping up, uh, you know, <laughs> as we go up and down the coast. Camillo is 50 years but old. It's 50, yeah. 50 years old. But it's also really close to Champion Lakes. So that's a, a great facility that's right on its doorstep. And, you know, for people who want to take advantage of the, there's a 5K cycle path right around that lake. It's got some good recreational facilities nearby. Um, so Camillo would be next. Then we would be Kelmscott next. Uh, Kelmscott is, because of its diversity in terms of homes, it would probably be the next in that affordable category. And then it probably makes uh, a reappearance again higher in the list if you were to look at it as that two-sided suburb that it really is. But if we call it the railway side, Kelmscott The bulk of the next. suburb would be that. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So several Grove tops the list. Uh, Seville Grove comes in next or maybe next to it. Yep. Again, Seville Grove is about 30 years old. Probably the most recent part of it was only developed about six or seven years ago. And a real diversity of homes through there as well. But Seville Grove and that side of Kelmscott probably sit side by side. And then you've got the hills, I guess. Then you've got the hills, yeah. So Mount Rashon would probably be the next one. Again, Mount Rashon, where's that? No one knows about it. Locally, I've had people that I've said, well, you know, if you're looking over here in Mount Nazira and you don't like what I've shown you today, would you consider Mount Rashon? And they go, where's that? And they're people that live in the area. So it's... It's it, the next one along. It's the next one along. Yeah, that's right. Closer to Byford. So as you're traveling along Southwest Highway, it's on the high side towards Byford. It's a, yeah, it's a good suburb. There's some really beautiful homes through there. A lot of homes on roughly a quarter acre. Uh, would probably be your average lot size through there. There's some stuff on larger blocks, some stuff on smaller blocks. Uh, developed... In pieces, I suppose. Uh, you'll, you'll drive along the street and find something built in 1975 and something built in 2015 because the blocks are hard to build on in some cases and it's taken you know years for all of that infill to happen. Additionally, people might remember Mount Rashon for the bushfires that went through about 15 years ago, right? Uh, there were fires that sort of backed onto Bedfordale that got Mount Rashon, but Mount Nazira was 
probably a little closer to that as it went through the Rolling Stone Kelmscott bushfire. That was the one that actually, uh, as a thing I kind of reference a bit, is that, you know, the Kelmscott Rolling Stone bushfires, they called them the Rolling Stone bushfires. Rolling Stone didn't burn. Kelmscott cooked. Mm. <laughs> but it was the fact that if they'd said the Kelmscott bushfires, people would have thought, oh, what, a bushfire at the train station? Yeah, because exactly right. they don't know about the Kelmscott Hills as much as we are perhaps trying to get the word out there, certainly at the moment. With the area like Mount Rashon, that's actually got some some great affordable well-presented homes that people can get into as a first-home buyer. With good views. Yeah, good views. Some kind of interesting properties as well, not really your cookie-cutter stuff because they've had to build their homes to to suit the blocks. Yeah, the slope. Mm, That's right. Yeah, some really interesting homes through there. Does that leave us with Rolling Stone then? Uh, well, we've got to put Mount Azura in next, I think. And again, 70s through to today, uh, the build's in there. There's some stunning homes through there. They've got really lovely views over on that side. It's actually a very conveniently located area as well because you're, you're only a couple of minutes in virtually every case from Albany Highway. And the shops. And the shops. The Armadale Hospital is down there as well. That's That sits within Mount Azura. Very much an, an area where uh, there's some stunning views, really beautiful homes in a lot of cases, and some good long-term uh, established residents in those neighbourhoods. So Mount Azura would be next, and then we'd go Kelmscott Hills and the Rolly Stone Hills uh, from there. Bit of a drive to get to Rolly Stone, isn't it? It's a great area. There's some accessible properties. Then there's areas like Araluan where you know, you're really probably driving up to 10 minutes off of Brookton Highway to get into the back of the Araluan Golf Course Estate. But again, there's just some hidden beauties up in there. Yeah, just you, you can homes. get seven-figure properties up in Rolly Stone. You certainly can. Yeah. yeah. So I've just sold one up in uh, Rolly Stone on Brookton Highway that was on the market, offers from 1.15, and that was a 1985 built home. Just stunning property, and uh, we had a huge interest in that property. So just generally in the city of Armidale, obviously people will recognize it generally for being a lower socioeconomic area. It sits in line with the city of Quinana as well. And they're mm. normally the bottom 10 suburbs in Perth. Half of them will be Leda, Aurelia, Parmelia, uh, Quinana. Mm. The other half will be Camillo, Kelmscott, uh, maybe Seville Grove, those sort of areas, Armidale, yeah. right? Uh, Brookdale. And you, you nearly can just go, bang, there's both of those right there. With regards to Who's buying in these properties? Is it mainly people who have grown up there and enjoy the lifestyle? Mm. And and I guess, you know, there's a lot of proud City of Armidale people who would take offense to what I've just said, right? But that is that is the reality on a price point level. It doesn't get cheaper. What's the reason for that? Yeah, look, I think there's, there's a couple of reasons. Number one would be that the areas are just not necessarily recognized for what exists there. And there are stigmatisms that you just can't get past. Armadale has a stigma that perhaps was relevant 25 years ago. Crime. Crime, yeah. But I, and I'll say this to people all the time, I've lived in this area for 36 years and I've never once had my car broken into. I've never once been assaulted. I've been insulted, but that's mainly because I'm I'm a real estate agent. I've never had an issue around those things. And I think people maybe because of the fact that it's the Armadale train line, a lot of issues that have happened on the Armadale train line, they'll reference the Armadale train line when something happens in Carlisle. So I think that has its impact. I would say over the years, there's a lot of homes that haven't been particularly well maintained. People could be buying something on an 800 square meter block, which is a great block size with a decent size three bedroom home on it, four bedroom home on it for under... $320,000 $320,000 and perhaps they bypass the suburb. So I think there's there's a lot of reasons why it could have grown. Perhaps uh, it's it's been you know negative publicity perhaps around Well, it very well did grow. In the last boom, that whole area saw some massive growth. But as per general economic theory, it was mm. also the first one to get absolutely dumped in prices. It was. You, you could buy stuff in Armadale, Kelmscott for $400,000 know, at some point. Mm. And then 
within the last couple of years, we've seen properties sell for less than $100,000, the yes. same stuff. Yep. How has that happened and what's been going on in the market since then? In the cases where you do get those properties, there's probably been a little bit of probably neglect of some of the homes. A lot of mortgage um, stress. A lot well. of mortgage stress. Yeah, yeah. It is uh, an area where there's probably, you know, if people talk about crime in an area, my understanding of it is that there's probably more domestic issues in the area. And that obviously has its consequences as well. I'm no economist. I'm, I'm a real estate agent from Kelmscott. But my take on it is that there's probably more domestic issues that would be causing people to perhaps neglect their property mm. or to fall behind on their rent. Landlords who go, you know what? I'm not going to spend any money on this property because it's not giving me the return. Whereas we actually find that the properties that are presented well get really good prices, even by the comparison to other areas. So I think that Armadale has just had probably not enough trips to Bunnings. Yeah, I think if it had more trips to Bunnings and people had invested a little bit more in the maintenance of their properties, then they could have held their values. But people will very often not do that. So I don't, I don't know what reasons behind those things are necessarily. I'm sure there's many, but as an area, I think it's got some work to do in terms of getting those properties back up to a point where where they're attractive to the market. Does that mean it's a renovator's delight? Yeah, some of them are probably a detonator's delight, but uh, there are there are some real well-built homes. Like in the 70s, they, they built homes Yeah, well they in were the very 70s. well-built. And there's yeah. a lot of double brick in, yes. in the area. Yeah. You give me an example off air of someone who bought low and has just sold. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there was a fellow who purchased for under 100 and sold in the mid 300s. He has probably spent about 100,000 there, but that's a, that's a good return. And he's done actually a, not just a, a good thing in terms of his own investment, but he's done something good for the area too. Mm. It's really nice to see homes like that come up, and it does have, uh, I think, a positive impact on the on the surrounding homes too. Well, it reflects the stark difference in market sentiment in the area. Obviously, when it was the bottom of the market across Perth, people were getting really good prices, but people were getting unbelievably ridiculous prices in places like Kelmscott and Armadale. Mm especially when it was mortgagee in possession properties and the bank doesn't really care. They just want it off the books. Sure. People coming in, spending seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 on a 4 by one on 800 square meters. Place needs a lot of work, $100,000, as you said. Second, the market moves again. Because it's such a low price point, the quantum of the of the price, a difference between 100 to 150 isn't actually that much of a no. difference. But on a percentage basis, it's quite a massive jump. Yeah. Which is why we've seen some data come out recently that says, you know, Kelmscott's seen 22% rise in prices. Hmm. You know, in that space, it's probably only 40 grand. But it's a big percentage jump. Right? It is. And yeah. it's something that most people can afford. If you can afford 200, you can probably afford 240. Yes. Have you seen a lot of that now? Obviously, you're selling every day. You said mm. O'Neill Real Estate had the biggest month in the last 54 years yep. last month. Where are your prices been going 12 months ago to now, if you can compare the same properties? We've seen probably a shift just in what buyers are looking for in many regards. And I think that's why it's the actual types of property that have been selling rather than necessarily... Intrinsic growth. Uh, yeah, and intrinsic growth across the board. I've been around the area for 36 years. For all of the 15 years that I've been selling real estate in the area, we would have people who bought in Kelmscott, say in the Kelmscott Hills, who had probably come from somewhere locally. So they had this idea about that area as to what it was worth. They were looking there because they knew it existed and they knew it was a really nice place to be. Whereas we've seen since COVID, I think we've seen a change in where the inquiry is coming from. And that's actually created competition because people from outside of the area are now starting to look into the Kelmscott Hills and into Kelmscott in general. And they're going, you know what, this is actually pretty nice. I like it. And they were coming out going, right, so that's all state forest behind there. And it's, you know, great recreation facilities and those sorts of things in the area. And they're wanting to get 
the ones that we're talking to that are coming out there, they're wanting to get that little bit further out of the city. They're wanting a bigger block. You can buy a nice home on 800 square meters of land with good views from around about $450,000 out there. And when people are making the comparison as to what they could buy closer to the city for $450,000, there's there's just no comparison. Well, there's nothing. Yeah. And they're going, okay, well, I'm actually not having to move to an area that's unappealing. This is lovely. And so we're seeing buyers now competing with the local buyers that are coming from outside the area. Is it people that are coming down the hills from, or across the hills, I should say, from what would have been Lesmere, Kalamunda, and they just keep moving along? We're getting the first home buyers from a lot of those areas. So kids that have grown up in the hills and want to stay in the hills are coming across. But they can't afford the 900000 Yeah, they can't afford Lesmere or Kalamunda. And they're coming out here and going, well, it's still really good. All the amenities are here. It's a nice area. So that's good. We're seeing those buyers, but we're also, yeah, we're seeing buyers from areas that we didn't before. I had somebody through a property up in what we call Clifton Hills, which is the area at the back of Kelmscott, who came through the other day from Currumbine. Now, we never saw people coming from the north to Kelmscott five years ago. Two years ago, we didn't see that. But now I think because people have seen the growth and they're looking at suburbs that have had growth because they're looking at where they're going to purchase, they're going, oh, what's this What's this one? And they're doing a bit of research, coming out and finding it has its appeal. So I think the the reason we've seen the kind of growth we've seen in Kelmscott is that the, the, the properties in the hills are going for more than they used to. Now, Hillman, Hilbert, Byford, Piara Waters. Oh, true, I left Haynes and Hilbert out of the city of Armidale list and Bedfordale out. And Bedfordale, We've got so many suburbs here. Forestdale, gosh, I've left them all out. Most specifically, I'm talking about the house and land suburbs. Mm. How have they affected prices, in your opinion, in the established areas and more specifically I reference just I would assume a massive pool or drain of young people who would have bought established properties who mm. have now gone and spent 400 grand 15 minutes down the road in a brand new estate that change has certainly had its uh, had its impact the old days of that first home buyer buying a bit of a bit of a doer upper uh, did change for a while there. So I think that had real big impact in city of Armidale. It would have killed demand. It, it did. And that's why the prices took such a blow. Because when the market went down, like say, for example, a first-time buyer went out, sat down with a broker, and the broker goes, okay, look, you can borrow 380000 What we were not necessarily seeing is buyers going, okay, I can go spend $380,000 looking at Armidale and going, oh, wow, this used to be three hundred eighty. I can get this for... I can get this at two fifty now. What a great opportunity! They were going okay. So I got three hundred eighty thousand dollars. That's that's two hundred fifty. Okay, what else, what can I get for three hundred eighty? They weren't necessarily taking advantage of the fact that the prices were cheaper in the area. Mm. They were just going to different areas, and so that that saw the rapid drop of the prices in those uh, in those suburbs on the established homes. Also, because a lot of them had come out of rentals, where they might have been renting a fairly new four by two in Byford that was one hundred and ninety two hundred square meters. They were looking at a three by one that might have been older, but on a huge block, even with potential to subdivide, whatever. They would look at those properties and go, It's a step down. Yeah, I can't fit my couch. Well, I've got a double fridge. It won't fit in that kitchen. They were going, it doesn't fit my stuff because they've been renting for so long. They've accumulated everything. Now they need to find a place to fit their everything. And so they'd look at the house and land packages because that'd be the opportunity to build. And that's my concern going forward. There's still so much unlimited land out there that the developers will keep pushing that it's going to continue to be a, a bit of a drain on young purchases going forward is that they're always going to want to keep investing into that or buying into that, I should say, because I wouldn't call it an investment, but buying into that new mm-hmm. estate and continually pulling people out of the established market in the city of Armidale. Yeah. It's at the expense of the established market. It is at the expense of the established market, although I think there will be somewhat of a new appreciation, especially after we get a lockdown. You know, whenever there's a lockdown, people suddenly start to go a little bit spare wherever they are. One of the things that we saw as the market started to increase after the the first lockdown in 2020 
was that people were going, I've got to get out of this place. So they were looking at, you know, we had people on 400 square meters going, I've got to find something that's twice this size. And they started looking at something on 800 square meters. The guy who's got the 800 square meters, he's going, I've got to get half an acre. This is crazy. I don't want to stay on 800 square meters. The guy on half an acre, he's going, yeah, I think we've got to go to five acres. I can't have a big enough garden and a shed here. Yeah. Exactly. So we started to see this this desire for space. And is that why you think we're nominally seeing high prices? Because people are actually looking to transact on yeah. bigger properties. People are realizing the value of having some space. And there are some people who really appreciate that inner city lifestyle. And I, I understand that. But there are also some people with young families. There's a lot of young families in our area. They're going, I want some room for the kids. I want to have a bigger trampoline. All those sorts of things seem to matter. And there's also, <laughs> you know how Keystart did the shared equity? Mm-hmm. We'll do the shared equity. Mm-hmm. We, we call it, we have a term at the moment, which is just shed equity. Because basically, if you put a shed on it, it'll sell for more. Yeah. And it will sell for a lot more than the cost of a shed. Sheds are a huge thing in our area. And it's just a, a powered workshop. And room for the trampoline seems to be the dream for a lot of those. It fits those. a stereotype though. Yeah. Tradie who is you know really good with his hands is a welder or is mm-hmm. a mechanic or something like that. The wife who works locally, maybe it's for the hospital, maybe it's you know summer in a school or whatnot, yep. and the kids go to school locally, and it's quite a wholesome life. It is. Know? Yeah. Yes. That's a good way to describe our town. Yeah. <laughs> Price points. I don't want to go into too much detail, but what would be the cheapest thing you could buy in Kelmscott? Well, we did see a three by one villa which was pretty tidy and within walking distance of the shopping center with the bus stop two doors up. And that was on for 169 for a, for a villa built in the 80s. I think that one would probably have been one of the cheaper ones we've seen recently. What would be the median property in Kelmscott in the flats area? In the flats area? Yeah. yeah. Look, uh, you'll get into a, house. What are you paying for it? You'll get to a, a nice, tidy 70s built three by one that's been well looked after most often owner occupied for a lot of years some of those homes that are that we're selling that have been 45 years yeah. Built, deceased estates yeah, yeah there's there's a little bit of that but there's there's just a lot of the time it's people that have built like their suburb and stayed put you'll be able to get into something like that for 300 to 320,000 on a 750 square meter block and how expensive can it get i've just listed a four by two on half an acre with great development potential and that's coming on the market office from 749 if you go up into the hills a little bit further we would be looking 950 for something pretty impressive and i've got seven acres with a really cute cottage on it at the moment for 749 so yeah, wow. yeah so there's it's, it's a real diverse area development Mm. I've stayed away from the city of Armadale in all of my time when it comes to development, mainly because it's really hard for me to figure out how to make any of this stack up. The cost of replacing a home or building homes, which is what we do every day, mm. you know, you're paying two hundred fifty to $300,000 these days to build a unit or you know, a small home. What you're t- telling me are numbers that include the land price and there mm. can be around that <laughs> price. It makes it really hard to make things stack up. Have you seen a lot of development in the last few years in Kelmscott? If so, where is it? And going forward, do you have anything in the back pocket that our listeners would like to know about? There is a change coming to Kelmscott and that is that it's, it seems weird for one road to affect a suburb so much, but anyone who knows the area would have been stuck undoubtedly at the Denny Avenue intersection. Yes. Right? So it's it was like every possible band-aid solution got dumped in one spot for 50 years. So the railway runs right through the guts and Albany Highway very, very close to it. All of the traffic that needs to get to Albany Highway from the flats was coming across this same intersection. They put a spud shed in. They had a Woolworth shopping centre. The train station itself was right at that same point and Kelmscott Senior High School was nearby as well so lots of foot traffic lots of car traffic lots of public transport lots of car parks one way across. all in one spot one way across 
Absolute schmozzle. Thankfully, they are now working on that, and it is, uh, it is well, I'm led to believe halfway done. And when that finishes, that will make all of Kelmscott far more cohesive. It will bring it all together, and the other side of Kelmscott will be able to access the town centre that it's, that it's part of. And I think that will make it a much more appealing area for the smaller lot subdivisions. Whereas at the moment, you can have... You know, you could be a kilometre away from the shopping centre and still be looking at a uh, a villa on a 250 square metre block. Now, that doesn't have huge appeal. Yeah, there's no walk score. Exactly. There's no walk score on that. And that that's not an appealing but That's place what most to... of them have been up until this yeah. point over the last 30 years. It's the half run acre property that's been split into six to ten units along one mm-hmm. common driveway. Yes. It, it's not really boding well no. for value increases over time. No. And they were, in many cases, they were a very, very basic design because the builders or the developers looked at it and gone, well, you know, we've got to get as many of this as we can. Yeah. And how, uh, we're yeah. not going to make much money off these per that's widget. That's right. Yep, exactly. So there was not a lot of attention paid to their uh, attractiveness. Quality. Uh, or quality. And so therefore, they, they just weren't appealing. And so they're you know they're not selling for much when it when it goes to market so that just you know made it less and less appealing i think that will change i think it's also down to the really average planning that has been you know passed over that area over the years we've got great amenities like there are suburbs that they're promising a railway line to and they're promising a shopping center and they're promising a school we've got it all and they're actually good schools and they're good shops and there's some good there's some good services in the area but uh, I think that just the fact that it wasn't cohesive for a long time affected that. But right now, if I was going to be developing in the area, the market to focus on is, I mentioned before, you've got a lot of people who've lived in this area for 45, 50 years who want to downsize in the area, but they don't want to live in the ones we've just been talking about. They want to live in something nice and they want to be close to the services they've known for 50 years. But again, they don't want to move into something that is, is unappealing. So we see really good returns on any kind of development that's done on that hills side of the suburb. And there are some really good opportunities. If you build a good product, people will pay you good money What's for it. What's the zoning? Uh, there's R1540 for a lot of that section around River Road, which is on the banks of the Canning River. And there's great parks and everything around there. Do you have um, issues so, with stormwater, clay? Uh, you do have some issues with clay, but, you know, just put it in a pile, make some bricks. There are some issues around there with clay, but I think the developers that have that have done a good job through there have managed to work around that. And I haven't I haven't heard it being a entirely a prohibitive breaker. Um, yep. deal breaker for them. All right, well, let's finish this off with the question we ask everyone, and this will be an, a tough one for you, but what's the median house price in Kelmscott? I know it, but it's irrelevant. Yeah, it generally is. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Yeah, I mean, it, with with an area that is is so diverse from one side to the other, so the median house price is three hundred forty six thousand. What could you buy, and what would you buy with three hundred forty six thousand dollars in your pocket today, Mark Grogan? Yeah. Look, if I was buying on on the we call it the railway side on the flats, I could get into a nice, well presented four by two on around eight hundred square meters for that. I would be uh, looking at something in that case that's got a zoning most likely of R1525, so with potential for a single lot subdivision. And I would be in that case probably finding that property close to a park within walking distance of a school, more than likely the Kelmscott Senior High School, and within probably about 800 metres of the railway station with the bus nearby. If I was buying on the other side right now, probably wouldn't be buying much because there's not too much over on that side that's anywhere near that price. Well, that was my next question. As a bit of a bonus question. If you didn't have a price limit, where would you be buying? What street? I would say probably Scott Road. 
Scott Road has a really beautiful valley view and looks across the Brookton Valley, some magnificent five to 10 acre properties through there. Or I would be maybe on the other side of that along Buckingham Road, looking back towards Scott Road. It's just, yeah, stunning through there. Absolutely beautiful. Mark Rogan, O'Neill Real Estate, thank you so much for coming in. It's the first time we've had anyone talk about that City of Armadale space and you've done it so well, just giving us that level of uh, humble information that anyone can understand. And now anyone looking in, even if they're coming from all the way from Currambine, would have an idea about what they're looking at. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Mark. Cheers. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!